welcome to episode three of what I'm cooking for dinner. We talking about what I made for dinner this week. So this week I made spanakopita, sheet pan egg in the hole, spaghetti with chickpeas, and tuna rice bowls. All right, so let's start with talking about the spanakopita. So for the spanakopita, I decided I wanted to really challenge myself and make phyllo dough from scratch. And I thought that this was going to be something incredibly time consuming and really, really difficult because phyllo dough is from you get it from the package and when you defrost it and work with it there is really hard to work with. It dries out really quickly. You have to be really gentle with it because it's so thin. And I thought that making it would be such a challenge because you do have to get it so thin. However, I actually found it to be a relatively straightforward process. It wasn't super time consuming. Um, it did take a little bit of elbow grease to, you know, roll it out thinly. And I probably didn't roll it out as thin as what you would find, you know, commercially. However, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. And it was a lot easier than working with the defrosted phyllo dough that you get from the grocery store. So for this recipe, I used two different recipes. Uh, for the filling, I used the filling recipe and procedures from Smitten Kitchen. They actually just put out a Spanakopita recipe on January 26th, so like last week. And for the phyllo dough, I used the recipe from Olive and Mango. And for the phyllo dough, this has all-purpose flour, olive oil, salt, vinegar, warm water, cornstarch, melted butter, and some more olive oil. The melted butter and the olive oil, I think, are for when uh, you're layering it, so I didn't uh, use those. And one of the things that I was really interested in when I, when I did this recipe was thinking about, you know, why was there vinegar in this recipe? So it calls for either white wine vinegar or plain white vinegar, and I ended up using plain white distilled vinegar. And you use vinegar in phyllo dough because the acid in the vinegar helps to increase the flexibility of the gluten so that the dough stretches more easily. And this was an incredibly silky, pliable dough. I was actually just really surprised by how well the dough came out. Um, I'm not a person who bakes a lot. I'm not a person who enjoys making doughs, um, like pie dough and things like that. I have made puff pastry in the past. I actually find that pretty enjoyable, uh, but that's like a completely different process than this. And so I was actually just really surprised by how easy this dough was to work with. Uh, so it comes together pretty quickly. Then you leave it to rest for about 30 minutes. And in that 30 minutes, you're making your filling for your spanakopita. So for the filling, one and a quarter pounds of spinach. And I had some spinach that was left over from a previous meal. And then I also had to go out and buy more spinach. Red onion. I ended up using yellow onion because that's what I had on hand. Uh, six to eight scallions, two cloves of garlic, uh, fresh dill, fresh mint, and fresh parsley. The grocery store didn't have any parsley, so I ended up not using it. I didn't miss it in here. I also overbought on dill and mint, so if you have any suggestions on how to use up some dill and mint, please let me know. Feta and egg and, of course, um, some salt and black pepper and olive oil. What you do 
with this version of Spanakopita is there is no cooking off of the filling before you put it into uh, to make your Spanakopita. Really what you're doing is you're just chopping everything up and then you're getting your largest bowl possible. I didn't have a bowl that was large enough to hold all of this, so I actually had to use the uh, plastic spinach container that I bought my spinach in, you know, the really big $5 gallon one, like big ones from Albertsons is what I had to mix this in. You put everything in there together except for the egg and you kind of just, you squeeze it and squish it and break it up as much as possible. Um, this is actually a really good workout for my hands. And then you just mix it all and you just keep mixing it until it's you know just really squished together and broken up. And then you add your salt and pepper and then your egg and you mix that all together. Next, what you're gonna do is you have your phyllo dough ready. So you've made your dough, you've rolled it out into rounds that are pretty thin, and then you're going to uh, pile it up into your baking dish. Before you do that, though, you're going to put in a lot of olive oil on the bottom, just covering the bottom with olive oil. Then you are going to put several layers of phyllo on the bottom, and then you put your filling in. And then in this recipe, she calls for putting a layer of phyllo dough in the middle. And I'm not sure why, because... I just ended up with very soggy phyllo dough in the middle that really wasn't good to eat. Um, so I'm not really sure why that was in there. Um, in the actual Spanakopita recipe from Olive and Mango where I took the phyllo dough recipe from, they, there isn't any middle uh, phyllo um, in the filling. Um, and then you put more spinach mixture on and then you top it with more phyllo dough and you fold it over and everything. The big problem was I had about half as much phyllo dough as I needed for the Smitten Kitchen Spanakopita recipe and this was absolutely my fault. When I was making the phyllo dough I kind of had a feeling I wasn't making enough and this is not the fault of the Smitten Kitchen recipe at all. This is fault of my planning and so I would definitely need to double up my phyllo dough recipe if I were to make this again. It was a little too much Spanakopita for us. We're still eating through it and I made it on Saturday. So I would probably, I would probably, if I were to make this in the future, I would have this recipe. I think though that I, if I were to make Spanakopita again, that I would use the uh, recipe from Olive and Mango and not the one from Spanakopita, from Spin Kitchen. The filling was absolutely delicious. It tasted really good but I think I would want to try out the procedures that are in the other recipe and also have a smaller batch because I just can't get through that much Spanakopita. It'd be great if you're having a party, but um, we're not having parties right now. Or if you know you have a bigger family that's going to eat more of it. But I, um, in the future, I think I'll try that other recipe. It was really good. It tasted really delicious. Just we just ended up with too much of it. And I didn't like that layer of soggy pastry in the middle. And I also just didn't have just plain didn't have enough phyllo dough. Alright, so next up on our list is the sheet pan egg in a hole from Damn Delicious. And you're probably wondering why do you need a recipe to make egg in the hole? 
Okay, if I was making it on the stove top, I wouldn't. And I also wasn't the one making this. My husband made this on Tuesday when I was taking one of our daughters to dance class. And this is seriously the easiest way to make egg in the hole. Uh, so if you're making egg in the hole on a stove top, you're having to pretty much do it one at a time, right? So you have your, you know, you put your bread in, you crack your egg into the hole and you know, you flip it and, or you put the lid on to make it a, you know, sunny side up. So it, you have to do it one at a time. So if you're making it for a group of people, that's pretty time consuming by the time that you're done with the last one, the first one's going to be cold. So for doing it in the oven on a sheet pan, everything is cooking all at the same time. And you're going to end up with um, a much more time efficient uh, way of making this. My only thing that I don't like about it is that the eggs get a little bit overcooked. Uh, so you start off with, so you have bacon, bread, butter, eggs, Parmesan cheese. They also call for some fresh thyme leaves. We didn't have any thyme leaves and some fresh chives. Also didn't have those, just left them out. You start off by cooking off your bacon first, okay? You're gonna cook your bacon in the oven for about five to seven minutes. Okay, and you're gonna wanna do this because your bacon's gonna take longer to cook than your eggs are. If you've cooked your bacon and your eggs at the same time, you would end up with incredibly overcooked rubbery eggs. Um, before the bacon was even cooked. So you're gonna cook off your bacon first. Once you've done that, you're going to set up your uh, egg in a hole. So you butter one slice of the bread, you put a hole in it. So what you do is you, you actually put the bacon in first and then you crack the egg on top of the bacon. And then um, you go ahead and you put the Parmesan and thyme on. And then you put that in the oven until the eggs have set and it's about 12 to five minutes. I would probably go to the lower end of the, about the 12 minute mark because Otherwise, you're going to end up with really overcooked yolks. So um, this is always a huge hit for us. It's really simple and straightforward and easy to do. You can make a huge batch of it. Um, so I would, I have made this before and I would continue to make it again. So it is definitely a keeper in our house. And it can be dinner and or it could be breakfast or it could be lunch. So it's one of those meals that really you can have at any time of the day. I love breakfast for dinner, so. Okay, our next recipe is spaghetti with chickpeas. And this is a, another recipe from Smitten Kitchen. It was an adaptation of a recipe from Michael White. And this is essentially some spaghetti and chickpeas and tomatoes. Um, so the recipe calls for a can of chickpeas, chicken stock, olive oil, pancetta, an onion, garlic, chili flakes, 114 ounce can of chopped tomatoes, basil, salt, and spaghetti, and some Parmesan cheese. Now, what you're gonna do is you cook off your, um, cook off your pancetta, and then you add in your onions, and then you add in your garlic and your tomatoes, um, and you let it simmer, and then you add your chickpea mixture. What you're gonna do with the chickpeas is with that chicken stock, you are going to blend it in your food processor together. Um, and then you add it to your uh, sauce with the tomatoes and the basil. Now, we ended up not using the basil. Uh, they didn't have any fresh basil at the grocery store when I went. And I just used regular bacon instead of pancetta because I knew that I was gonna be making the egg in the hole later on in the week. 
And so I didn't see the point of buying pancetta when I was already gonna have bacon. Slightly different flavor profiles there. Bacon's a little bit smokier, but it's the same type of thing. It's a smoked fatty meat um, that's gonna add some salt and some umami and some fat. So I just didn't see the point of buying pancetta when I already had bacon on hand. And I already had my spaghetti on hand, so that was really easy for me. And this was, you know, a pretty uh, quick recipe. What we added, ended up doing was I didn't think that it was hearty enough um, with just the pureed chickpeas and a little bit of like, I think it was like a third of a cup of like whole chickpeas. I ended up adding another can of chickpeas just so that it had more substance. And it was fine. It was a little bland. Maybe it would have been better with some of that basil but I didn't really want to make this recipe again. It was also just kind of a little, a little gritty and a little dry. Uh, I think that was just the nature of, you know, pureed canned chickpeas are gonna have that kind of texture. So it's still kind of mostly hanging out in our fridge left over. We haven't really eaten much of it, so. And a pound of spaghetti was way too much for us. I probably should have done about half and had some more sauce along with this. So uh, just for thinking about uh, the next time I make pasta, not making a full pound of pasta. I also don't have a pot really that can handle a full pound of pasta. So that's always um, an adventure in our kitchen. All right, so next I'm talking about the tuna rice bowl from Dinner for Everyone. And this is a book that I got from the library. It's by Mark Bittman. He is a food writer for the New York Times. And I was really interested in this recipe because it uses canned tuna. And I don't think I've had canned tuna in a very, very long time. And my kids have never had it. So I thought it would be a nice way to introduce them to some canned tuna. And this turned out really, really well, but I didn't actually follow the recipe all that much. So this calls for um, short grain white rice, rice vinegar and sugar and that is to make your uh, kind of your sticky sushi rice and I you then it calls for two ounces uh, not two ounces two cans of six ounces cans of tuna and you're going to want to get the ones that are packed in oil now I don't know why it says six ounces when most of your cans are going to be at your grocery store going to be five ounces that's what I used it was just fine uh, mayonnaise soy sauce lemon juice scallions celery wasabi powder, and then avocado and uh, sesame seeds. Now, uh, the, with the rice, it's called for a short grain white rice. I don't have a short grain white rice, so I just use whatever rice that I had on hand, and that just was just fine. I accidentally added too much sugar. I added three tablespoons instead of two tablespoons, so I had to add more rice vinegar, but the rice turned out really nice. It was really good. And then with the uh, tuna and mayonnaise and soy sauce mixture. Now, I thought that I had mayonnaise that was still good. However, when I went to open my jar of mayonnaise, it was not looking so hot. It was pretty crusty and pretty old. So I tossed it because making your own mayonnaise is actually really simple. You just take a egg yolk and you add about a half a cup of olive oil or other type of oil um, to your egg yolk. And what you're going to do is you start off by slowly whisking it in to emulsify that um, oil into your egg yolk. Then you uh, may add a little bit of like Dijon mustard or and then you're going to want to add a little bit of vinegar later on. 
but you continue to add that oil until you come up with a mixture that looks like the consistency of mayonnaise. You want to incorporate about that half cup almost completely. And I know that people think that this is something that is really time consuming and hard to do. So there's all these like hacks about using blenders and food processors when frankly, that just seems like a lot more equipment that I don't want to wash when I can really just make this in a bowl with a whisk. And yeah, it takes a few minutes and it takes a little bit of energy, but it's really not hard at all. It's something that I've done quite a few times and is just pretty straightforward to do. And if you are gonna do it on your countertop with just a bowl and a whisk, I highly recommend that when you do do it, that you put your bowl in, um, kind of stabilize it on a uh, dishcloth. That way your bowl's not running around all over your countertop while you're trying to whisk this in. And don't feel like you also need to do like this, like by tiny bit by tiny bit, you know, and this like, you know, just like continuous stream is what people always say. Um, that's really hard to do on your own. I just kind of just plop some in, whisk, plop some more in, whisk. It comes out just fine. However, this time around, I don't know what was going on with my oil. I decided to use olive oil and I have been using this olive oil and other things and it's tasted just fine. But when I made this mayonnaise, it just tasted absolutely rank. Like it was really, really bad. I didn't want to eat it. And so I ended up having to toss it because it was just completely inedible because it tasted so rank and rancid and disgusting. And um, I've used my olive oil since then and everything's been fine. So I don't know what was going on and my eggs weren't out of date or anything. So I'm not sure what was happening there, but I ended up not making this with mayonnaise. And I'm actually really glad that I did because I'm not somebody who likes mayonnaise based salads. Okay. Uh, like, you know, tuna salad, chicken salad, egg salad, not my thing at all. I don't like them. So this actually, I think, ended up working out pretty well for us. And also it's going to be a lot healthier than having it with mayonnaise. So we ended up just using the soy sauce and lemon juice and scallions. I didn't put a celery stock in there because I don't like celery. And I left out the wasabi powder just because it's really, um, it's really, really spicy. I instead bought some wasabi paste uh, that I put on mine on the side. Also, wasabi powder was a lot more expensive than buying the prepared wasabi. I know that the powder is going to last longer. It's going to be, you know, it's more cost effective per serving over time, but I don't have that much use for wasabi powder. Um, so I'd much rather have something that is cheaper when I buy it and is easier for me to use and is going to be fresher for me. And I served this up with um, some avocado, like the recipe says, as well as a, um, some furikake seasoning that I had from Trader Joe's, which is really just a mix of um, a couple different seasonings with some chopped up seaweed and sesame seeds. And it was really good. We ate all of it in one sitting, which is not something that we regularly do. We almost always have some leftovers. Uh, but with this one, we just ate it right up. Um, the kids, especially my one daughter, really, really loved the fish, uh, the canned tuna. They want me to buy more of it. I probably will, even though it smells like cat food. People tell me that if I get a better quality tuna, it won't smell so much like cat food. But really, my whole house smelled like cat food for like the rest of the, the like next day. So 
just be aware of that. So I did end up really liking this uh, recipe. I would absolutely make something like this again. So it should get used. All right, that concludes this week's episode of What I'm Cooking for Dinner. Thank you for listening.